3: post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. They've raised the bar on Rochester Sports Talk. You're in the sports bar with Dainter and Bataglia on the Sports Leader 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan Rochester.
1: Jay, what was the general reaction to Chiefs fans a week ago tonight when they ended up trading up to the Bills to select Patrick Mahomes?
2: Thank you, Buffalo.
1: It's a relationship that's Long and tenuous, yet we always appreciate our friend Jay Binkley from our Odyssey Sports sister station, 610 Sports in Kansas City, when he stops into the sports bar and Jack (laughs) reaching out to us at the Fan Rochester. I think your boy should invite Jay to Three Heads Brewing on Friday, show him a quality craft brewery. And Jay knows, the invite is always there, and you've always said, I want to come to Buffalo. I want to come to Rochester. Absolutely. Jay, how are you, buddy?
2: It's good. I'm good, my friends. Good, my friends. Um, If if I'm still your friend, I don't know if we've uh, lost our friendship through the years. But, uh, no, I want to come to Rochester. It's a great town.
0: Well, listen, uh, if you have airline miles... Let's we go. can we can find you the hotel room. We've got a deal with somebody. It's a it's a I nice place. Yeah, did, definitely, Jay. Although I don't know if this is the week that you or any other cheese fan might want to want to come into Western New York. I mean, is that getting anybody's heads here? Um, look for the players on the field. It's not going to matter. But you know, from where you sit here, what is your look? You went through the cold, but this is a different animal here. We've been dealing with.
2: No, it's it's different. I mean, clearly, I mean, it's not been pleasant here. I mean, Kansas City's. Guy's been hovering. I think it was it was less than uh, it was zero degrees or less, like for like a hundred straight hours or something like that. I mean, it's been it finally came above zero today with the wind chill. I mean, it's been pretty cold here, and there's been snow here as well. You know, three, four, five inches, something like that. It's nothing like Buffalo, nothing like that snow that you guys got there. Uh, I think it's cool. Uh, I, lo- I love it when the Buffalo fans get out there and throw the snow in the air and all that. Although, are uh, they going to refund those people for having to? Plow out
1: of their seats because that was a little crazy. Yeah, they have to. They they paid for that privilege. They paid for the privilege to trudge through waist high snowbanks yeah. uh, in Orchard Park. Jay, um, let, let's talk a little bit about the Chiefs uh, and their win on Saturday, uh, Saturday night in those frigid temperatures. You know, look, Miami is beat up, and you don't have to make excuses or apologize for a win. But the way Kansas City handled Miami, the way they essentially dominated that game, it gives you a pause if you're a Bills fan, knowing that that's the team that's coming to Orchard Park for Patrick Mahomes' first road playoff game?
2: Yeah, I think the one thing for, uh, and this really wasn't billed, is that game, uh, number one offense against the number one two defense. Uh, they kept talking about Miami's defensive injuries and things like that, but they didn't really bring up the fact it was the number one offense in the NFL going against the number two defense in the NFL, and how the number two defense completely shut that Miami team down in Germany. The receivers couldn't do anything. Tua couldn't do anything. Tyree Kill has now done uh, zero against the Chiefs for two games, even though he did get catches in both and had a touchdown in the last one. But he didn't make a difference in Germany and/or Kansas City. But how good that defense was, and it's a suffocating defense. And this defense doesn't get I don't think near the credit uh, nationally that it deserves it's the number two defense in total defense the number two scoring defense the number two defense in sacks in the NFL they had 57 this year and I get it Buffalo had a lot of sacks as well but 60 led the way with the Ravens the Chiefs ended up with 57 which is two more than last year where they finished second in the NFL last year in sacks and they do it again this year but they're getting better, and they're fourth in the NFL against the pass. But this defense has been nasty, and this pass defense has been great for the Kansas City Chiefs It's allow them to win the games that they've had when the offense has struggled so much is because of how good this defense is. This truly is a defensive team.
0: Yeah, Jay, if I'm just looking at the hell for both teams, I mean, I think there's a clear difference. I mean, Kansas City, now there are some players that are banged up, but I see that Sky Moore designated return. And I don't know if Sky Moore has lived up to expectations this year, but that can't be a bad thing. But when you look at everything that the Bills are dealing with on the defensive side of the ball, is there optimism in Kansas City that you're catching this Bills defense at the right time?
2: Yeah, I think there's some optimism. I think people want to see uh, – clearly people would rather see touchdowns, you know, instead of field goals in situations. But they've got a reliable field goal kicker that's been nails for them, uh, including four in that snow. But, yeah, it's not about getting Buffalo at the right time. They they respect Buffalo, and they know how good uh, Buffalo can be. But I think they've been concerned about the offense getting on the same page. And a couple weeks ago – Against the Bengals, the Chiefs kind of simplified things and they kind of narrowed down who their cast of characters were. I kind of liken it to a bullpen in Major League Baseball. Whenever that you know starts to shrink down, it took a while to do it, but finally did it. When you know a manager sits in there and says, "All right, who's your sixth inning guy? Who's your seventh inning guy? Who's your eighth inning guy? Ninth inning guys are only settled beforehand, but that that, those middle inning guys, the sixth, seventh, and eighth, are so important. But they finally kind of started whittling that down in the running game for the Chiefs." has been outstanding with Isaiah Isaiah Pacheco, and they've just been very physical, very physical on the offensive line and very physical on the defensive line, and I I think they would trust that um, against the Buffalo defense.
0: Yeah, I, I remember years ago, and this was always Peyton Manning's M.O., like, Oh, there's a weak corner. Well, I'm going to go pick, pick, pick. I'm just going to pick on the corner. My concern for the Buffalo Bills is this, and we don't know much about Christian Benford's status for this game, but of course they already lost Tredavious White. Um, If Brazil Douglas isn't able to go if Kyrie Elam is on the field. Has Patrick Mahomes in any game in his career, Jay, just gone after one player and one player alone? Because if Kyrie Elam is on the field, I would think that would be kind of a good way to go.
2: You know, not necessarily. He, he kind of, uh, you know, goes, but he he knows he knows when when players, you know, aren't like other players, and he'll go after them at different times, but. Uh, clearly looks for the open man, and you know he's kind of one of those guys that'll spray the ball all over the field. But I think he is kind of cognizant of who's in the game and who isn't. The one, the one one thing about this offense is, you know, this weather and defenses don't faze them. It doesn't seem like they care who they're playing or where they're playing or what the temperature is. Um, they just go out and play, and that's one thing about this team—they're kind of mentally strong uh, when it comes to that kind of thing. So I don't necessarily no. they they respect whoever Buffalo's gonna throw in it's an NFL player so they know that
1: I want to go back to Pacheco because he was not on the field uh, a few weeks ago when the Bills and the Chiefs met each other and so the Bills haven't really faced him at least this season don't have any memory or, or anything on him what is a key is there a key to slowing down Isaiah Pacheco is that something that the Bills might be able to do considering how effective Kansas City's run game has been here with him up back on the field
2: Yeah, he just runs so hard. I mean, I don't think there's anybody in the NFL that runs as hard as he does. He loves contact. He loves being physical. He loves taking a hit. He bounces right back up. He likes delivering hits. Uh, But he's important to this team, both in the passing game, uh, out of the backfield and running the football and kind of controlling that clock for Mahomes. You know, somebody he can rely on, they can turn around and doesn't have to worry about, you know, throwing the ball down the field all the time and give it to Isaiah Pacheco. And his blocking's gotten so much better in the backfield as well. But uh, he's, a, he's a key figure for the Chiefs. I, I look at uh, Travis Kelsey, uh, Rasheed Rice, the wide receiver. And then Isaiah Pacheco is the three main weapons uh, for the Chiefs offense that uh, need to be slowed down because he's going to rely heavily on all three as he's really amped it up here the last couple of weeks with those
0: three. We're talking to Jay Binkley, 610 Sports in Kansas City, which you can hear inside the Odyssey app. Uh, Jay, I don't know if you knew this or not. Yeah. This is the first road game yeah. for the Chiefs with it. Patrick Mahomes of the postseason. Yeah, yeah. You, you'll hear that like once or twice. Oh. Jay, like, is this a new challenge? I mean, like any no. profession, no, no it's no. not. Nobody's sitting up more straight
4: for this?
2: No you know what guys here's the deal man i know people bring it up all the time but i think people forget the chiefs actually did play a postseason game on the road when they played the buccaneers in the super bowl at the buccaneers own stadium right. uh something that never happened in the nfl that's truly an nfl road game you're playing a team in the super bowl at their home stadium but regardless of that all right so Mahomes has played two more games on the road than at home right two more on the road than at home oh and by the way they're six and two at, on the road this year and they're, they were five and four at home so they're better on the road Now, Mahomes has thrown the ball 36 more times in those two games on the road, but he's thrown the ball for 1,642 more yards on the road than at home in just two games, guys, in just two games. He has 119 touchdown passes on the road to just 100 at home. His quarterback rating at home is 99. His quarterback rating on the road is 107. So what I'm trying to say here is that Patrick Mahomes, has excelled on the road more than he has at home, to be quite honest with you. And that's what I don't think a lot of people realize when they look at the numbers, say, okay, how does the guy just have 36 more passing attempts, play two more games, have 1,642 more yards. It's because they like to spray the ball around on the road. But if you look at the chiefs road splits the last couple of years, um, they've been a very good road team. And when you have an Andy Reed, when you have a defense like this and, and Patrick Mahomes and a team with a chip on their shoulder, doesn't care where they're playing. I don't think it matters yeah. uh, if they're playing at home on the road because they don't mind if they go stay in a team hotel and get away from things. I think it it serves this team well to be quite honest with you. Playing at Arrowhead doesn't matter. I mean, look at the, look at this. again this year. They're six and two on the road and five and four at home.
1: The chip is the thing that you bring up that that makes me nervous with Mahomes because last we saw him, uh, Kadarius Tony was offside nah. and he was having a meltdown. No. And, Wait,
0: timeout. He's going to say he wasn't offside. That wasn't fair. Well,
1: my point was going to be that yeah, that, that he, you know it, was. it, it wasn't a good look for Mahomes, and we we've never seen him react that way, and I think that that probably still sinks. I mean, considering that that play would have been a monumental play, would have been one of the highlights of the season. It was called back because of that offsides, and Mahomes reacting the way he reacted wasn't a great look, and now he carries that with him uh, to face off against sure. Josh. on face off against. I think there is a chip on his shoulder that goes beyond just the idea that this is a road game for, for Patrick yeah. Mahomes.
2: I think he was getting frustrated. I think he was getting frustrated with some of the calls uh, you know, go in the direction. And, you know, everybody thinks the Chiefs get the calls. They clearly don't. Watch that MBS uh, getting mugged uh, down the field. It wasn't called in Green Bay. and That was the difference in the game. And we've seen other guys. You know, Canary's Tony was offside. But, guys, we see that every week. We see it every week in the NFL. It's isolated. It's brought to the Chiefs' attention every week. Every week somebody's offside. They don't call it. And they decided to call that in that situation. And he just got mad and flipped out about it. And he realizes he shouldn't have done it and acted that way and calmed down. But he's been very complimentary of Josh Allen after that game. Their friends in the offseason is very complimentary of him uh, this week when he talked about him. Chris Jones called Josh Allen a warrior. And, um, you know, it tough to bring a warrior down. But they've been very complimentary of the Buffalo Bills. But I think the Chiefs – um the outpouring is towards the officiating, and I hear it a lot, and I agree with them, because the officiating in the NFL is garbage. Um, these guys should be full-time officials. If they're going to have 23 million people watch a Peacock game, which was the highest-rated streaming service game ever, it didn't even matter if it was a game, it's was the highest-rated streaming game thing ever, besides a game or anything, was that Peacock game. 93 of the top 100 games last year in this country were NFL games on TV. 93 of the top 100. The Chiefs had 15 of the top 100 games. This league prints money. They're going to go play in Brazil. They're playing in Germany. They're playing elsewhere. For this league not to have full-time officials is a travesty, and it's a joke.
4: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: Uh, Jay, is there a more complicated relationship, not just in sports, but maybe in life, than Reed and McDermott? I mean, McDermott's not in this league if it's not for Reed, but... Then Reed has to fire him, Buddy gives him a recommendation and a second chance and McDermott's able to make something out of it. But now Reed kind of owns McDermott in the postseason up to this point. I'm just curious what, what McDermott's reaction is going to be if they find like people want to vanquish the Chiefs here once and for all. And I would think that McDermott might want to he's got his own demons when it comes to the uh, other guy on the other side of the field there.
2: I can't think of a guy that kind of resurrected what he, who and what he is in one season like McDermott. I mean, you fire your offensive coordinator, it looked like things are going downhill. Um, again, the league, the league is one week and then it's something else the next week. Like we talked about after the, this team went to London, uh, or Buffalo Bills went to London, but yeah, just to just to be almost out of the playoffs and all of a sudden get the second seed. Um, Amy Reed, of course, was very complimentary of, of McDermott again today. Um, I think the Chiefs respect what he's doing. I mean, you have to. I mean, they're the number two seed in the AFC. they got to respect that. But uh, can McDermott be the one? Can he be the one for the Chiefs? It's a big game, guys. I mean, if he wins this game, you kind of you know, take that ghost of the past. All right, you're past the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs have to get over the hurdle of the Patriots. That was the team they had to get over the hurdle of before they started the run. But if the Bills lose this game and the Chiefs make their sixth straight AFC title game, you know all bets are off. You know I know that the Ravens still loom large, and I do feel that the Ravens are the best team in the AFC right now. But um, all bets are off if the Chiefs get to the AFC title game for the sixth straight year.
1: Jay, what's ailing Travis Kelsey? The drops are out of character. We're just not yeah. seeing. Mean, I know everybody's going to point to, hey, he's a year older, he's a year older. There may be some other distractions that we don't need to talk about, sure. but his game isn't what it used to be, what we're used yeah. to seeing. What have you seen?
2: Well, I think it's. Uh, I think he just slowed down a little bit. Just the age that's made a difference. But if you want to break down the numbers, um, he came sixteen yards shy of a thousand, right? That would have been eight straight years of a thousand yards now he could have got it. He decided not to do it. His reasoning was he got there Andy Reed was going to play him like chris Jones to get the you know to get the record and keep it going They were probably going to throw it through him the first couple times in the last game he didn 't play he didn 't play in the first game either, so it was two games this year he didn 't play, but he was only thirty six yards shy of George Kittle for tight end leading yards in the NFL so yes he's had the drops, but he was only thirty six yards shy of the uh of the uh, tight end lead. Uh, he still had 93 catches. Um, just getting over 80 catches. He's one of three human beings in NFL history, receiver or tight end to ever have 80 catches in eight straight years. Reggie Wayne, or excuse me, Marvin Harrison, Jerry Rice, and Torrey Holt, Travis Kelsey, mm. those four ever. He sits only behind Jerry Rice in the postseason in yards, Receptions and touchdowns. That's right. It's only Jerry Rice, and he's only eleven receptions behind Jerry Rice in postseason catches. Wow. I mean, yeah, he only sits behind Jerry Rice. It's crazy to think that he's only behind Rice in the postseason. But he also averaged sixty-five yards a game, which was number one amongst NFL tight ends. So yes. He didn't live up to the potential he set, like the player that he's been, uh, and the drops have been kind of uncharacteristic from him. Is he getting double teamed? Yes, but I felt he was getting double teamed a lot last year when, when Tyree Kill left. But, you know, age has really started to show up with him, but he's still been extremely productive. Um, and I think people, you know, say washed and everything like that, but it's hard to throw washed on a guy that's number two and tied in the yardage with only 36 behind the leader, and he only played 14 games.
0: Jay, every year we always get one road team in the divisional round. Danger, I both agree. This is a fantastic weekend. Divisional round uh, is elite. One team from the road that always wins. I asked this question to Danger earlier. He'll give you his answer here in a little bit, but I'll just ask you, of the four road teams, which one is the most likely to win this weekend?
2: Which road team is the one most likely to win uh, this weekend, I,
0: are we talking just AFC? We talking no, NFC? just uh, talking. like you. You have Green Bay going into San Francisco. You have Tampa Bay going okay, into so Detroit. Yeah, we can include the NFC too.
2: You know what? I I think Tampa Bay going in Detroit is interesting to me. I know, I know that don't, a lot of people don't really care about the game, but Baker Mayfield is playing hot at this moment right now. In Detroit, are they going to be too excited about winning that first playoff game? They're in danger. I, I believe the Baltimore Ravens uh, will handle business, although C.J. Stroud is playing kind of out of his mind. And, of course, there's the Chiefs-Bills game, and I'd have to put the Chiefs you know, up there because they've been there and done that as kind of a, the lead team to do it. But if I was taking the Chiefs out of the equation, I'd say probably Tampa and Detroit. But I'll say this, guys, about the Ravens. They did something that no team has ever done in the NFL. They got the trifecta. They led the NFL in uh, points against – sacks and uh, takeaways that's never been done in the nfl they beat eight teams this year with winning records by over 14 points the most in the nfl had only been five games a team had only won five games against winning teams by over 14 points they did it eight times uh, they're getting mark andrews back and i know lamar jackson's playoff records one and three but uh that's that team uh is a very 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 scary team
1: it goes beyond that, Jay. I, I brought up this stat, and, and the the you know football outsiders and Aaron shots by DVOA, Lamar Jackson is actually the worst quarterback in playoff yeah. history. I mean, that, for him yeah. to, to be able to reverse I that of course, you need to get that win against Houston. And I, honestly, the way Houston's playing, the way CJ Stroud has looked, I know I think that's a tough putt for for Baltimore, even at home.
2: It could be. I just I just see Baltimore getting through this first round. I, I see him getting to the AFC title game. I really love what Houston's doing. They're going to be a problem uh, for years to come. C.J. Stroud's putting himself there in the conversation as, you know, a top four, five quarterback in the AFC three um, years to come. And he'll get down to top three, top two. You never know the, the sky's the limit with him. I just think maybe a year too soon for Houston. I think they're playing on house money at this point. And that defense in Baltimore is completely nasty. And the number one running game in the NFL that spells uh, in the number one takeaway team that team that team is just too loaded Uh, Yeah, they could slip up. Sure, it's the NFL. Anything can happen. You never know. But I think top to bottom, it is the best team in the playoffs. That includes San Francisco because we saw what happened when they went on the road and played Frisco uh, a couple weeks ago. All
0: right, Jay, I want you to admit this to the sports bar and to Western New York, okay? Because if if Kansas City, say Cincinnati, were in this, you'd feel pretty gross if you lost to the Bengals again or or New England or God forbid it was the Chargers or the Raiders. Say it out loud. you be okay for Bills fans. This is our time, Jay. Our time here. you would be fine. it would be disappointing for everybody in Kansas City, but at least we respect this fan base and go get them, guys.
2: Yeah, I totally respect the Buffalo Bills, and yes, it would be worse losing to the Bengals. 100% it would be worse than losing to the Bengals than the Buffalo Bills there's a genuine amount of respect between the two. Yeah, the Chiefs want to beat them. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they're tired of hearing this can't win on the road, playoff games and stuff like this. Yeah, they're tired of that. But yeah, they would much rather lose to the Bills than the Bengals.
1: Jay, we hope you have a great week. Look forward to talking to you again real soon. And, um, well, we'll see how it all shakes out come Sunday night, man. Looking forward to it.
2: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, too, guys. It's kind of funny how this always happens, isn't it? We always say, hey, we'll talk to you later this year, but it always comes down to the Chiefs and Bills, right?
1: It's kind of cool. Yeah, right now. We've got our, our new generation of uh, of Manning and Brady, and every now and then Manning got one over on Brady, too. So we'll see how it all works out.
2: What happens is you, you got to keep the window open, and the Chiefs have been able to keep that window open here the last couple of years with maybe not a Super Bowl-caliber team, but clearly they decided to build the defense, and they'll rebuild the offense at the draft this
0: year. Jay, you're the best. Uh, let's uh, let's do this again next week one way or another.
2: Let's do it one way or the other, fellas, and it's always good talking to you every year twice. <laughs> You've got it.
1: Jay Binkley, Thanks, Jay. <laughs> 610 Sports in Kansas City, our Odyssey Sports sister station, stopping by the sports bar, giving us the latest out of the Chiefs camp. Uh, before we get to happy hour, we'll get over some of the
0: uh, news and notes from the NFL. Did you see this note about Jim Irsay? Mm-hmm. So when there's a story and like we knew there was a story, like, wait a second, he's been out of the public eye here for a month now. And the Colt just put out some statement that he's battling a respiratory illness. Well, leave it to TMZ to find the real thing because they dug up the police report. Oh, boy. Uh, he was found unresponsive. I know that much. Yeah. Cold to the touch. Gasping for air, blue in the face. This is according to the police report. This happened at 430 in the morning at uh, Iruse's home in Indianapolis um, back on December the 8th. And he was unconscious on the bathroom floor. So this happened on the bathroom floor, uh, constricted pupils, like all these signs of an overdose and I could say that because well that's what's in the police report uh the cop on the scene administered one doses of dosage of narcan mm. until the paramedics arrived so I don't know when or if we'll see Jim Mersey back in the uh, public spotlight well
1: um hope uh, he's on the mend for whatever he's he's battling um I, you know the guy He's not my feel like NFL owners. Pretty much all of them. Like I can't say any of them are my favorites. Like no, they're like you
0: say they're aliens.
1: They're aliens. They're complete. They're speaking a foreign language and they act like they're from a, a different planet, right? Uh, and Ursa is certainly top of that list with some of his antics and the way he talks and the way he deals with the media and the way he goes about his operation. But it's his operation to run how he sees fit. I just. Uh, uh, you know what? I've always imagined he to be that guy who was a little bit wild, a little bit unhinged, and kind of lived a lifestyle uh, of excess. And um, if that report is true, uh, we, we know that the, the at least what we're seeing from the police report, well, okay, it all checks out. Well, the irony here is
0: now real sports isn't on the air anymore, right? But one of the last features, it was the second from last show, where Andrea Kramer sat down with Jim Marissa and he talked about his addiction and how he's grateful to be recovered and blah, blah, blah.
1: Well, uh, hoping he gets well. Uh, because You know what? It, at minimum, he's entertaining. It, you know, his quotes. Love to see it. Yeah, love quotes, to see it. Yeah, uh, entertain- he was the
0: guy who went after Daniel Snyder. He was the only one that basically said, what the heck are we doing? This guy is bad for business. Oh, we can't talk about one another in line here.
1: Well, I mean, you know, this report isn't really great for for business in terms of the image of the NFL ownership. But you know what? It's uh, it's I guess I'm not surprised by that police report. And now you just hope that the guy gets better. Uh, Some tweets. At the fan Rochester, at AKA Mike Danger, at Gene Battaglia. Mentioned earlier how uh, three heads will be our host, Three Heads Brewing on Atlantic Avenue as we do another Friday Football Talk live coming up here this Friday. Get you ready for Bills and Chiefs. Three to six, good smoke barbecue on hand with great food mm. as well. Uh, but Brian taking shots at us earlier, one of our regulars, is showing up at Three Heads. He's going to be dressed as Bobby Valentine. He's going uh, to like, uh, not
0: reckon like an in, uh, incognito yeah, there. That's right. Brian, Like w- last time we saw him out, he was in the Chuck Muncie jersey. That's so right. that's, that's elite sports bar listening.
1: Are man. we wearing the Muncie t-shirts on Friday? I
0: think that'd be kind of Cool, but then again, it's it's for the bill. Maybe maybe I save that for draft night.
1: Mm, does have a draft theme to it? Yeah, the Bills need a powerful, strong mm-hmm. running back like a Chuck Muncie. Yeah, uh, have
0: you worn that? Did you have to explain it to anybody? I,
1: I washed it, and it's it's waiting. It's waiting in the wings. Okay, it's shelved and waiting in the wings. Phil tweeting. Uh, I thought hot kicker talk was the best. Who knew twenty twenty four would be the year of hot squeegee talk? Phil, I'm telling you, if you see the video, and, and Joe, Joe saw it in my feed, the accuracy of the squeegee to bucket transfer is hot. It is a move that can't be described. You you watch it, and it's mesmerizing, and it, it's a it's a call for all of us. Just be a little bit better. We've got to up our squeegee game. Got to be more like this guy, the Michael Jordan of squeegee wielders. Appreciate you listening, as always, Phil. We'll get to happy hour next in the Sports Bar. We'll get you the latest from Orchard Park. The Bills conducting a walkthrough today and an injury report to recap as well. You can join us at 585-866-4FAN. Our phone number 866-4326. You're listening to the
3: Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia on 95.7 FM and AM 950. The Fan Rochester. Okay.